This information is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal or tax advice. Please consult your attorney or accountant to discuss your particular business situation. SBA's participation in this presentation is not an endorsement of the views, opinions, products, or services of any of the participants, persons, or entities. All SBA programs and services are extended to the public on a non-discriminatory basis. This information is as current as April 14, 2020. Okay, hello everyone. I'm Evan Leong and welcome to Save Hawaii Jobs and Business webinar um, with Team Hawaii. So Team Hawaii is our congressional teams, um, the SBA, local banks, and volunteers, and you, the employer. So we are focused on getting as much of the CARES Act funds as possible here to Hawaii, and that's kind of what the purpose of this webinar today is for. So today we're going to go over where we are as of today, this minute, um, as things change co um, constantly and daily. This is where we're at right now um, with updates from Congress, the SBA, banks, and our team. If this is fairly new to you, then we have a resource folder with version 13 of the Cliff Notes version of our memo for PPP, along with the memo outlining the forgiveness of the PPP loan, which we will need to pay special attention to. We have previous webinars going over the basic mechanics that you can review, and Buddy will post the links for that in the chat. Okay, the way the questions will work during this webinar is we'll take it in the Q&A chat box only. That's at the bottom of the um, screen if you're on the, um, you know, your computer Q&A um, area. If, it, if you post it to the chat box, we won't see it. So please post it into the Q&A. You can also upvote the questions in there so the most popular questions can get answered. And for unanswered questions, we have to change this a bit because we've been having such a massive influx of questions, we just can't keep up. So for 30 minutes after this webinar is done, all questions going to questions at braingainhi.com. We will do our best to answer. After that, we've got to wait to the next um, webinar, okay? We have word that some PPP loans are already approved and funded, so that's a good sign. So without further ado, let me introduce the team for today. We're very lucky to have the Honorable Congresswoman uh, Tulsi Gabbard with us today. Jane Sawyer, who's the District Director for the Hawaii SBA. We have Arnold Martinez, who's the Group EVP for Central Pacific Bank. Darren Leong from the Law Office of Darren R. Leong. Stacy Katakura, CEO of Accumulus. And then in the background, you won't see these people, but they're gonna be in the Q&A um, and answering questions. Jeff Harris, who's a senior and name partner for Torkelson Law Firm. We have Kainoa Penarosa, who's the Chief of Staff for Congresswoman Gabbard. We have Andres Chauvier, um, Policy Advisor for Congresswoman Gabbard. And then in the yeah. background, we have Buddy Leong, who's an analyst here at Brain Gain, and Coco, who's helping us out. So without further ado, please take it away, Congresswoman Gabbard. Thank you. Thank you very much, Evan, uh, Jane, everyone who is joining this effort in this uh, webinar here today. It's a really fantastic resource for local business owners, small business owners. People were just searching for, as you said, the up to the minute information based on what we have given this situation is constantly evolving really on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, look, I think that a lot of the, the primary uh, resources, the, the uh, PPP, the emergency loans, um, that are available through small business have been talked about. Uh, I'll go over a few things um, quickly based on the information that we have. Part of this last CARES legislation, this last massive uh, aid package that Congress passed a few weeks ago uh, included more funding that's actually going to public health care providers, 
uh, to hospitals, to our counties through uh, community block development grants, the CDBG funds, uh, transportation funds. There's a number of other resources in probably over $300 million at this point that have already made their way to Hawaii, uh, which is a positive thing. The, um, I, I started getting text messages early this morning from people saying, hey, finally, we got our stimulus funds direct deposited into our bank accounts, individuals who are saying that. So that is another positive step that is a little bit later than the administration said they would come, but I know people are starting to get those resources. Um, I saw one of the questions already, and, and this is something that, that really, I think, just came up earlier today, is uh, the Trump administration saying that the small business funding um, is going to run out here uh, very shortly, before the end of this week. So this points to the effort underway right now, which I support in the Senate, to pass a uh, plus-up to the small business uh, stimulus funding, uh, given clearly what was resourced in that last CARES bill didn't even come close to being enough to provide the support to small, real small business owners, um, sole proprietors, people here in Hawaii uh, and across the country, many of whom are, are even now having trouble accessing those funds, even through local banks uh, or national banks for that matter. Um, I was on a call with House congressional leadership yesterday, and unfortunately, it seems like as of this moment, they're at a bit of a, um, a roadblock in negotiations between the House Democrats and Chuck Schumer and Senate Republicans about how the $250 billion for small businesses would be allocated and resourced. Uh, we have all been hearing concerns from uh, small business owners saying that, well, if they're not a member of the, their local bank, uh, that they're not being prioritized to be able to get those funds directly, or that certain small businesses that have relationships with their financial institutions are getting preferential treatment over others, or the very smallest of small businesses that don't have a lot of leverage are having difficulty accessing those funds. So this is where the details have to be worked out uh, between the Democrats and the Republicans, ultimately to plus up those resources so that they don't run out and to make it so that they are more easily accessible with more clear guidance. I think that that's been one of the challenges here. Uh, James Sawyer has been amazing in joining our congressional telephone town halls, answering questions from people and the guidance is, is changing because things are happening quickly and, and we just wanna be able to try to streamline that um, as much as possible. So the next step to this, once congressional leaders are able to uh, come to some form of agreement on how this, this minimum of $250 billion would be allocated towards small businesses is actual passage. Uh, the House, both the House and Senate are not in session right now. Uh, they are not due to return now, at least the House is not due to return until May 4th. The Senate goes back into session on April 20th. However, both leaders in the House and the Senate have said as soon as they're able to reach agreement on this uh, stimulus package part two for small businesses, uh, they would immediately go back in uh, to session to try to get this passed right away, understanding the urgency uh, of this situation. Uh, one of the other things that Congress is looking to, uh, to do, aside from providing further funding uh, for the PPP, is to look at 
temporarily relaxing certain regulatory requirements like the know your customer requirements, again, to make it easier for lenders to quickly process loans and deliver funds to small businesses. There's been new guidance released today on those who are self-employed and independent contractors uh, as far as how to calculate payroll and other very specific questions that they have. Um, I know we have some other folks here who may be able to, may still be processing this, this information just because it just came down um, today. Uh, there are a number of other things that, that we're working on here as your representative, one of your representatives in Congress. I'm in Hawaii right now. Um, obviously, we'll head back to Washington as soon as we are called back into session. But in the meantime, I have a, a great team in Washington, D.C., as well as here in Hawaii. Everyone is, is working very hard to be able to continue to try to work through some of these challenges that people are facing, whether you're a small business owner and you're not able to get the answers to the questions that you have, or as we're seeing with many Hawaii residents, they have loved ones or family members who are stuck overseas in another country and are unable to uh, repatriate and get back home. Um, we're working to make sure that the orders to halt all foreclosures and eviction proceedings are upheld, uh, continuing to work to get more funding in this next round of, of aid beyond the $250 billion for small business owners, looking at our local agriculture uh, sector and farmers who are being hard hit right now, looking at the other sectors who uh, may have fallen through the cracks in this last funding package, as well as to really start looking ahead to recognize, hey, this, um, this is not a four-week problem or a six-week problem. We don't yet know the duration of this both healthcare crisis and economic crisis. And it is something I've been advocating since the beginning of the, the coronavirus outbreak in the U.S. is to really take the longer-term approach to allocate more resources that will provide some certainty for individuals and small business owners, rather than taking this kind of, uh, you know, maybe week by week approach, depending on Congress to get back into session and to appropriate more funds. I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we're seeing right now and, and really where it is necessary for all partisan politics to be set aside and for leaders to lead. Now is the time for leaders to lead and to really put the interests of the people in this country, everyone from the self-employed Uber driver who's working on the gig economy to the small business owner to the larger corporations to the stay-at-home uh, parents. Every, everyone is, is uh, dealing with hardship at one level or another and uh, we all have to stand together as Americans now to be able to take care of each other and uh, to get through this together. Uh, I'll, I'll stop it there, Evan. I'm sure we can uh, get into more details with some of the specific questions that are being asked. Uh, thank you, Congresswoman Gabbard. You know, one of the questions um, that is, is coming up relates to some of the businesses that are the most hard hit, like uh, retail and restaurants, um, tourist-facing businesses that are effectively temporarily closed right now. And, and the, the question that they have is when they get the PPP, in order to get full forgiveness, uh, it requires them bringing back their entire staff essentially on full payroll um, when they may have, you know, creative uh, work for them to do, but in some cases, not a full amount of work and, and it feels awkward to them to, to bring back uh, that staff. 
our understanding was that this is exactly the situation that PPP was designed for, was, you know, if the government is going to subsidize uh, empl employees and individuals, it's better to do it on payroll rather than on unemployment, where it's very difficult to get people back to work. But could you comment on that? Yeah, thanks. That's um, uh, a really great question, Darren, and I think it speaks to the integrity of our small business owners. Uh, but you're exactly right that when you look at the, the well-being and the outlook of your employees, that both from a government perspective as well as from, from their perspective, being able to have that continuity and certainty that they can remain employed, um, ideally maintain any healthcare benefits that they have, and uh, understand that at least for this eight-week duration of time, uh, that they're not going to have to worry about how they're going to pay the rent or put food on the table. And I think really it's an opportunity. Uh, yes, it's a challenge, but let's turn this challenge into an opportunity where let's say if you're a retailer, that's not an essential shop, but you have the ability to um, keep your employees. Uh, this is a great opportunity for professional development of some sort of how you can help uh, maybe create other opportunities for your employees that you don't normally have the time to do when you've got a shop with your doors open all day and, and things are slammed and things are busy. I think it's a great opportunity to kind of start to think outside the box and say, okay, you've got people, whether they're staying at home and working or going to a physical location, uh, what's the best way to be able to help, help them and maybe help your business uh, in the longer term? That's very helpful. Thank you. Uh, we'll pass it to Jane Sawyer, head of the uh, Hawaii SBA um, for updates. Aloha, everyone. Thank you for joining us again today. Um, it's, I usually have some technical difficulties, but I hope you can hear me. Um, just to give you a little bit of an update on how Hawaii is doing. And uh, thank you, Congresswoman, for uh, giving us your outlook and what you see happening around you. I also want to thank, um, uh, give a big shout out to all of our banks here. Um, the SBA has some key responsibilities through the CARES Act, and I think over the last three weeks, we've been hearing lots about them and how they're working or some of the difficulties that we've had in, in really deploying the resources to the community. But I wanna say, you know, I think that particularly with the most recent information that came out, um, it's kind of gratifying to know that uh, through our PPP program, the Paycheck Protection Plan loans, we've gotten over 8,426 loans to small businesses here in Hawaii. Um, these were the numbers that came in uh, effective on Monday, and that br brought over $1.6 billion to the state of Hawaii for small businesses to get their employees back on the payroll and to help those small businesses make it through this economic downturn. Now, we're not all, you know, looking at the best outcomes that we were hoping to have for 2020, but we are looking at having some relief, hopefully keeping our employees around, finding productive things for them to do or to develop those employees, as the Congresswoman said. And our banks are really working hard with their customers and new clients to make sure that they understand what their opportunities are and really putting, uh, you know, really pushing through to get these, these loans done. 
The PPP is one of the programs that was made possible by the CARES Act. A week prior to that, we SBA announced the economic injury disaster loans, which were other loans that went through SBA's Office of Disaster Assistance. Um, so we, we developed two different channels to start bringing finance, financial assistance to small businesses here in Hawaii. So they both, this is such an unprecedented thing. We have never seen something on this national scale ever before. So we've had a lot of trouble with uh, the logistics, just with the technical issues, but we've rolled out a loan program in just seven days and then modified another loan program in seven days that really is getting the dollars out to small businesses. And we'll continue to do that. The active loan size that we're seeing across the nation has been approved, has been over $230,000. So that's, that's getting a lot of money through our banking system, through our Office of Disaster Assistance to help you, the small businesses out here. So we are encouraging everyone to take a look at and apply for the loans, work with your banker, work with the SBA, go to sba.gov to see what the parameters are of all of these programs. And these are just some of the tools to help your small businesses. There are a lot of other programs with federal agencies that can assist you, whether one of these programs doesn't work for you, it may be a tax credit. There could be some other assistance with mortgage relief or deferment of payments, but you need to look at all of those to kind of put together a patchwork that's really going to be the best for you, for you as an individual citizen, for you as a business owner, for you as an employer, to be able to get through this and be able to start again when the, uh, the economy starts to recover. Um, I think some of the other things besides the economic injury loan besides the PPP that a lot of people aren't really aware of is that there is some SBA debt relief available if you have a small business loan from an SBA um, backed small business loan, either a 7A loan with one of our banks or a 504 loan with one of the banks. You can approach your bank uh, to have them defer the payments uh, and I also, there is a new feature through the CARES Act where SBA will cover your payment and the fees for your loans for uh, an extended period of time here. So do talk to the bank. That also applies. SBA will give you a deferment if you have an S a recent SBA disaster loan. So they'll also defer the payments on those loans. So you need to get in touch with the SBA Office of Disaster Assistance. And you can find them again by going to www.sba.gov and click on the disaster uh, link at the top of the program. Um, I think that kind of gives us a little bit of an overview. Uh, I think it has been indicated and we'll hear some more from the banks who are actually working really hard with the individual borrowers to push those loans through dealing with a lot of the questions that individual um, small businesses do have on the programs, but we are, both of, both of the programs and particularly the PPP has some specific provisions that will also then feature forgiveness for a major portion of your loan. Those things happen or really come into play in calculating your loan amount because it is based on payroll. 
Uh, and then it also is based on keeping or getting those employees that you may have furloughed back on your payroll, including you know overall payroll costs that go with that um, as soon as your loan is dispersed. So I think we'll have some details on that from some of the other speakers on the program. Um, and I guess that's kind of the overview of where we are. Um, I'm encouraged again to know that loans are being approved. They are flowing out. Hawaii's doing um, you know, remarkably well to get the loans in and, and approved. So I think, again, thank the banks. And Arnold, I thank Central Pacific Bank for really being a leader and, and stepping up with this. But most of, our, most of our Hawaii banks are really diligently working to make sure that you understand the program and you have access. So go to their websites online. You can find somebody. If it's not your, your current bank, find another bank that may be doing a lot of these loans and check out how they're doing their intake. Most everyone is taking them in remotely. The application for the PPP is the, the page. There are three and a half pages. And two of that is information about your eligibility for your business. And you certify to your lender um, that you're giving them the correct information, you're supplying the right data, uh, and it can really actually move your application into queue pretty quickly. And we hope that we'll see a quick turnaround. And they are working as quickly as possible to get those things put the system and approved by SBA. Um, so we do keep that money flowing for you. Um, Evan or Darren? Great, thanks, Jane. Um, we'll pass it to Arnold Martinez from Central Pacific Bank to provide some updates from the bank's perspective. Okay, great. Thank you, Darren. And thanks, Tulsi and Jane, for your efforts in all of this as well. You know, so, you know, as this, as the COVID-19 uh, impact was, was becoming pretty obvious, uh, we started reaching out to our customers uh, even before the Paycheck Protection Program was, was established, was put together. And, and we, we felt the stories in our hearts about how, how these businesses were being impacted. You know, and we had every single one of our frontline people talking to our customers. And I, I can tell you, uh, when the Paycheck Pro Protection Program came out, it wasn't hard to mobilize our team. Because the uh, stories and the heartfelt concern that everyone had for our customers and for our business community. It was the wind beneath our wings per se. It wasn't hard to mobilize and to get our team together to support uh, this process. And I can tell you that for the last 12 days, uh, the CPB team, and I'm sure uh, similar at other banking organizations in town, have been working pretty much 24 seven to be able to, to uh, process these loans, uh, it's a process that we didn't have in place before. Uh, and, and so it's very manual, uh, and, but the teams really come together and there's nobody complaining about anything. There's a lot to complain of, about, you know, uh, everyone trying to figure things out, uh, you know, our, our political leaders uh, trying to get the funding in place uh, and SBA trying to figure out and Treasury trying to figure out what the rules are. Nobody's complaining. We're just trying our best to, to, to uh, know, understand the program and, and try to get the money out to, the, to, to our business community. Um, 
I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll just add that, you know, we've uh, been very uh, uh, thankful for the patience of our customers and the business community as well. I think they understand that, uh, uh, that uh, everyone is doing their best uh, to, to support them and as quickly as we can. One of the things that I, I'd like to really encourage uh, those that are listening, uh, you know, to talk to other business people. You know, as, as much as we've been able, as Jane mentioned, over 8,000 loans and over 1.6 billion in funding, there's still a lot of businesses out there that, that need help. And a lot of businesses, business owners may not understand about the forgiveness aspect of the, of the loan. Um, so, so they may be, uh, they may not want to apply. They may think, I don't want to get another loan. I don't need another loan. Um, you know, I don't need any more debt. Uh, and so we need to get the word out to everyone that there's a forgiveness aspect. And I know that there's still a lot of details that we have to share with regard to how that process is going to work to be able to get loans forgiven, but know that, that, um, it's clear if they use the funds for, uh, to bring back their employees, to pay for payroll, uh, uh, they can cover rent, they can cover utilities, they can cover, uh, mortgage interests. Uh, if, if they have a loan that, uh, 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 on their property, uh, owner-occupied type, type of property. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different things they can use those funds for, and the loan can be completely forgiven. So we need to get the word out to everyone that, you know, to, to apply if you haven't, uh, and to help, you know, it's a village, right? Right now, we all have to help each other uh, and pay it forward and, and uh, ensure that every single business owner knows that the program is, is a loan loan that's going to be forgiven and that they should they should apply and the banks will help them to educate them through the process and and to try to get them uh help as, as they need as they um as they really need help at this point uh, I, i'll just end by saying that you know we are doing everything we can to to support uh uh you know the business community uh, our team is 100 uh committed and uh, we have appreciated all of the collaboration from everyone, the political leaders, uh, Jane and her team, you know, text messages going out at one o'clock in the morning and people responding because everybody's up focused on this to support our community. Thank, thank you, Arnold. Uh, one question we're getting is, uh, is your bank um, accepting still PPP applications, including from non-customers? Yeah, so we, we're still accepting applications. You know, we actually uh, put our portal up, uh, our web portal, uh, up two days before the SBA was accepting applications because we, we just we knew that that it was going to be a, a, you know, substantial demand for the for the loan program, and and so we are still accepting uh, applications and and you know I, again I just you know ask people to be patient. Uh, given the demand, uh, we're going as fast as we can, but we, we will accept the applications. And as long as there's funds for us to use to support these, uh, these, these business customers, we're, we're committed to do so. Great. Thank you, Arnold. Um, uh, Stacy and I wanted to take uh, the opportunity, opportunity to address some of the forgiveness issues that are coming up uh, in greater uh, detail um, the caveat all of, to all of this is 
there has not yet been real um, definitive or detailed guidance from the SBA and Treasury yet on the forgiveness aspect. Uh, we think it's because the program you know, has been rolled out so quickly that uh, the initial push was to get guidance out on how to calculate loan amounts. But now that uh, the money will be going out uh, in the next uh, or two, uh, increasing, uh, we think, at a, a fairly high clip, uh, forgiveness is now uh, something on everyone's mind. Uh, to that end, um, we posted or published a memo specifically on forgiveness uh, last evening. Um, it's on the shared uh, or public Google Drive. Uh, we expect that to be updated fairly regularly as uh, new information comes out. Um, uh, the memo, or at least, is broken down into forgiveness in a couple of categories, and we'd just like to highlight uh, some of the requirements that we are hearing a, a number of questions about. First is that uh, the funds to be forgiven need to be used for allowable uses. So even before you get to forgiveness, you have to use the fund uh, money for allowable uses to be eligible for that money to be forgiven. Allowable uses are payroll costs and the things that you've heard about, uh, rent, utility, et cetera. Um, but it's within the period ending June 30th, uh, 2020. That is in the section of the statute that specifically applies to allowable uses. So unless and until there's other guidance that comes out, um, that is what the statute says. Uh, the second rule is, is essentially a second time limitation, which is that forgiveness is for um, the use of these funds in the eight-week period following loan disbursement. So... Uh, not only do you have to use it for allowable uses prior to June 30th, it has to be within the eight-week period uh, following loan disbursement. Um, we expect some increased guidance to come out on that as well. Uh, there's some terms in the statute um, that uh, apply there, particularly a section of the statute that says it has to be for costs incurred and payments made. So we expect there to be guidance in the near future from SBA on that. Uh, the third rule um, is probably the one that swallows the others, which is that uh, no more than 25% of the forgivable, uh, of the forgiveness amount may be used for non-payroll costs. What that means in practice is several things. It means as your forgiveness amount decreases, so does the amount, that 25%, that decreases uh, as the total forgiveness amount decreases. So in order to get full forgiveness of, this, of the loan, you essentially need to use the entire loan amount for the, uh, within the, the percentages that are described in the rule which means that in order to use 25% of the loan funds for non-payroll costs, such as rent and utilities, you will need to end up using the other 75% in full for payroll costs. 
what that likely means for many of the businesses out there in order to use 75% of the loan proceeds for payroll costs within eight weeks, it likely means bringing back everyone at 100% or something very close to that. Uh, the calculations business by business will differ uh, to some degree, but most of the examples uh, equate 75% of your PPP funds to eight weeks of full 100% payroll. Um, if you end up doing that, which we think is exactly what this law is intended to do, um, which is to bring people back and get them back on payroll, then the fourth and fifth rules become somewhat less important. But I'll just quickly highlight those fourth and fifth rules. The, first, the fourth one is a headcount rule, which is that you need to maintain the average monthly full-time equivalent headcount uh, equal or more than... Uh, in a look-back period, um, and you have two choices for that look-back period. One choice is the first two months of this year to, to get your headcount, and the other is the February 15 to June 20 period of last year. Uh, the last rule is one that relates to decreasing pay, which says that you cannot decrease uh, an employee's pay uh, or employees who are paid annually $100,000 or less, um, more than 25%. Uh, again, those last two rules, the headcount rule and the individual employee decrease in pay rule, uh, they probably do not come into play if you are, if you are sticking to the 25%, 75% rule. So this is, uh, this is addressed in much greater detail uh, in the um, forgiveness memo, um, but I'll pass it to Stacy for just a few more comments uh, on this forgiveness issue. Sure. Okay, thank you, Darren. Um, I just, you know, we've been spending a lot of time answering a lot of questions from uh, our, th those of you who have, who have been joining us for these webinars, and I just wanted to highlight some of the most commonly uh, asked questions and answers. Um, so, uh, as, as Darren already mentioned, uh, the eight-week period begins on the date that the funds are first dispersed. Um, so I, I, I've seen a lot of banks that are notifying you that um, your loan has been approved by the SPA and they'll, they'll be contacting you to um, negotiate or to, um, to sign the loan documents. Um, so I would recommend that you, um, you really work closely with your bank if possible to, um, to, to um, control the timing of when you receive the funds because uh, it, for the, those of you who have um, furloughed or laid off your staff, um, you will need to um, mobilize your workforce again, and that might take some time. Um, so just something to consider. You, you want to make sure that you are, you are able to maintain your FTE count um, for, the full, full, for the full eight weeks as soon as your funds are dispersed. Um, another question that, um, that, we, that we get a lot is uh, um, the cost incurred and payments to language that uh, Darren had, had mentioned. Um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of you are on semi-monthly payroll, uh, and so that means potentially that there is only three pay periods in the eight weeks. Um, that, um, 
that we are looking for, waiting for, for the guidance from the, the Treasury and the SBA. Um, the, the forgiveness section of the statute um, says that the, the uh, final regulations are to be issued within 30 days of the statute, which is in roughly about two weeks. Um, so we, we, we are tracking that issue and we'll be posting updates as soon as they become available. Um, the other thing that comes up a lot is uh, during that eight-week period, if you guys are going to be um, offering your um, furloughed employees your positions back, um, once you offer an employee their position back, they are they are ineligible for unemployment. Um, so there's a and there's also a misconception that um, you know because some of your employees will be making more on unemployment, they might be hesitant to come back. Um, but I think there's also a misconception out there that your former employees or your employees that are furloughed are actually getting paid the unemployment benefits. Um, there is a severe backlog in the unemployment office, and I think there's uh, not a lot of people that are actually receiving unemployment, and I'm sure, I'm sure they'd be welcome. Um, they'd be looking forward to receiving a paycheck again. Um, so kind of on another note, the two, there are, the two primary measurements of uh, forgiveness are measured independently of each other. Um, the FTE requirement is uh, measured independently of the 75%, uh, 25% um, rule. So um, for the FTE requirement, if you are unable to meet the FTE requirement, you, you will likely have excess funds that can be converted into a loan, or more likely you will be able to repay the loan with no prepayment penalties at the end of the eight weeks. Um, 75% of the loan proceeds are to be used on payroll costs. Um, it's, and again, if you are unable to utilize 75% of the loan proceeds on payroll costs, um, you aren't able to use the proceeds on un unallowed uses, as Darren mentioned. Um, some, some tips on to how to make sure that you are able to use the 75% of the loan proceeds on payroll costs. Um, you are able to, you, you probably want to track that closely, like what your, how much, um, you've spent on payroll costs, uh, and towards the end of the eight weeks, you know, you might be able to uh, bonus some uh, issues, some small bonuses to employees to make sure that you're able to get there. Um, and keep in mind that contributions to a retirement plan or profit sharing plan is also okay, acceptable, it's an allowable use. Um, and then finally, I, I um, just in thinking about down the road, you know, each of you are going to want to apply for forgiveness with your lender. Um, and I think just some tips to, to think about um, to make it easier for you to demonstrate your, how, you, how you spent the funds. I um, would recommend that you consider opening a separate bank account to uh, hold your loan proceeds um, and pay for the qualified expenses out of that bank account, uh, which would be your payroll, rent, mortgage interest, um, and really try to be mindful and keep in mind you understand what expenses are excluded. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that the employer's share of the FICA and employer's FUTA are not eligible. Um, so, you know, for those of you who are bringing back employees, um, if you don't have re revenue coming in, um, that is a cost that's not allowed in uh, the use of the proceeds. Um, compensation in excess of $100,000 annually. So you can pay your employees over $100,000, but that is, it has to be funded from other sources. Um, uh, other than the PPP loan sources. Um, and this is the $100,000 salary is exclusive of your health care costs, SUDA, and retirement plan contributions. So that's a separate measurement. Um, 
you cannot use the funds to pay an independent contractor or sole proprietor. Um, you can't use the funds to pay other accounts payable. And, uh, and finally, you know, something to keep in mind, if you are using a PEO um, to, to process your payroll, their admin, administrative fee or payroll processing fees are excluded. So I know, you know, if you are opening up a separate account to be able to, um, to, to use the, you, know, you pay your payroll costs um, and you're having your payroll processor draw money directly from that account, you'll need to replenish that account for the, the admin fee and the processing fees and all the other excluded costs. Um, so I think that's that's kind of all the the frequently asked questions that we've been getting. Um, one of the before we started this uh, webinar, we kind of talked a little bit about so a lot of the, a lot of the times that uh, we've been answering questions um, because there has been a lack of guidance um, that's been issued to date. Um, a lot of times we we'll, we have to say you know we're waiting for the the, the treasury to issue their final regs or for their guidance to be issued. Um, I want to kind of pass it back to Jane because we had talked about this before the, the webinar started. Um, how, um, you know, how are, how are, are the banks and the SBA going to be looking at um, uh, the borrowers who have um, borrowed funds and expended funds and um, guidance that has, that will be issued on a future date? How will that be um, looked at? Okay, so if I understand your question, it's like if we're proceeding kind of in good faith on how we're reporting or how we're looking at um, the information and based on the guidance that we have now, um, how will it be considered should something change as we go forward and the expectations would change? My understanding is based on when a change in guidance or a change in, in how we're looking at this, uh, is submitted and shared uh, through official guidance that comes down from SBA that any previous actions based on previously available information would be um, accepted. But as of the date, the guidance would come to clarify or perhaps change something that would be implemented at that time or become effective at that time. Um, I'm you know, because this has happened, you know, in increments or things coming down and really defining how we look at this, it's it's a changing changing thing there. I know that doesn't give us a lot of security uh, as people look at some of these things, um, but that is right now. You know, we kind of need to move forward in good faith that that these things will be taken care of and nobody will be um, harmed or penalized um, with some of these changes. So the thing I would say to any borrower is document, 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 keep your records, um, make sure that you, you maintain a file that has the information or guidance that, that you received at the time. Um, and check back with SBA, check back with your banker regularly as you move through this process. Um, Thank and we you, are Jane. trying to, everything's being issued, you know, day-to-day, -day, um, so uh, keep updated. Thank, thank you, Jane. Um, the next uh, question, or actually it's two questions uh, for Congresswoman Gabbard. Uh, the first question is, is can you address the uh, status or updates with respect to the uh, economic injury disaster loans, the EIDLs, 
And then the second question is for um, you know, small businesses in terms of looking forward past the June timeframe and you know, what, what the uncertainty with how long the businesses will have to remain shut down, et cetera. Do you have any uh, advice or thoughts for those businesses looking forward? Uh, thank you, Darren. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of questions coming in on the uh, idle people putting applications in, not having gotten responses. And unfortunately, this is a, a national problem. Um, there have been a lot of issues because the idle program is stressed and underfunded and desperately needs more funding uh, given the demand that's out there within our communities. Uh, according to the National Federal um, Federation of Independent Businesses Research Center, according to them, none of the small business owners who have applied for idols have received a loan or an emergency grant. Uh, they've heard from members across the country, as well as what we've seen in recent media reports, which is that um, the idle funds have been exhausted largely because of small businesses who are uh, applying for and getting the $15,000 advance and limited grant of $1,000 per employee. So uh, on a positive note, there is bipartisan agreement in the Senate uh, to put $300 billion specifically towards uh, the idle program to be able to dedicate those resources uh, now to where they're needed. The timing of that is something that I can't speak to. I think it's something everyone recognizes needs to be done quickly as soon as possible. Uh, but again, this is gonna require uh, passage of some form of legislation in the Senate that we're hopeful they find their way to do here you know, within coming days rather than coming weeks. Uh, as far as the timeline for small business owners on, on when we can expect to see our economy start to be revived, doors being opened, shops being reopened, uh, look, I think it's too soon to tell. From what I have seen from experts, this will depend on different industries, different sectors. It will depend on the decisions that are being made in specific localities. You know, if you watched any of the news yesterday, um, you saw a lot about President Trump saying that he's going to make the decision about when to reopen the economy in the country. Governors will have their own say in that matter. Every one of our states is at a different point in the curve. And fortunately for us here in Hawaii, because we are an island state, uh, we can make that decision uh, based on, on what our needs are and what's best for the people of Hawaii without having to think about a neighboring state that may be at a different place in this coronavirus curve. Uh, but even so, as we've seen here in Hawaii, the responses to this crisis has been vastly different county by county. Um, and there are some people who are happy about that, some people who are not happy about that. But this is where uh, it's, it's just tough to forecast exactly when this is gonna happen. I think a key component to this that we've heard a lot of experts talking about in the last few days is in order for our economy to start uh, reopening, we have to have the ability for rapid testing and mass testing so that whether it's people who are boarding flights to come into Hawaii or fly out of Hawaii, um, that's something that airlines are gonna start expecting, that you're gonna have a test, a rapid test before you board that flight to make sure that you don't have infected people going on airplanes. That obviously has a direct impact on Hawaii. Um, 
there's going to be a whole set of new norms here that it's not quite possible to to uh, predict, but I think it will it will be done cautiously. Um, my view and my opinion is that I hope and urge our state and federal leaders and county leaders for that matter to make these decisions based on the health and lives of our loved ones, the people of Hawaii, um, and not make this decision prematurely that may appear to have a positive impact on our economy in the short term, but will have a devastating impact, not only on our economy and uh, the people of Hawaii, uh, and the people of Hawaii for a longer period of time. So I think it's just important that we bite the bullet now. We, we fight for these resources to help our small business owners uh, keep their heads above water for as long as possible, for as long as we need to, uh, so that we can put people's health and lives first and then focus on, on uh, working together to, you know, get those paddles back, get those paddles back in the water and work hard to, to uh, see some kind of new sense of normalcy whatever that may look like. Great, thank you, Congresswoman Gabbard. Uh, we're gonna switch gears to the, back to the PPP and uh, some practical tips. Um, Arnold, uh, what, what do you have to say in terms of what people or businesses should do for documentation that will need to be provided to the bank to substantiate loan forgiveness? Yeah, so, you know, I would, I think Stacy did a pretty good job in explaining some of the, the documentation that's going to be required. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, the, our bank's going to be communicating on a weekly basis post-funding on educating our, our customers at, or educating the, the application, the applicants that, that uh, apply through us about what they need to do. But I would say the, the you know, the, the most important, because the biggest part of um, calculating the the, uh, the loan amount is the payroll, you know. So the the biggest the biggest part of record keeping, the most important is is the is the payroll payroll uh, records for the eight week, uh, you know, uh, subsequent to the uh, the approval. And you know, Stacy brings up a really good point earlier that if it if you if a business has furloughed. Uh, their employees, uh, you know, they may want to uh, get that, get their employees mobilized again and kind of have a start date uh, uh, established uh, and align that with the funding date so that they, they, they can ensure that, uh, that the payroll costs of bringing those employees back, back to work uh, aligns with the eight-week period. Uh, but again, the, the most important is the payroll because that's the biggest amount that's going into the loan amount. And so certainly the biggest amount that can be forgiven uh, as a result. Great, thank you, Arnold. I mean, I would just add to that, the eight week period runs from loan disbursement. And that is that period of time when you have to use this money. So uh, if you are, you know, late to the game in terms of you got the money, but then your employees are coming back two weeks later and that sort of thing, that may end up affecting your ability to, to obtain full forgiveness. So to Stacy and Arnold's point, uh, early planning is, is the best way to go. And uh, from what we've seen, uh, 
once the SBA has issued uh, loan numbers or conditional approvals, and there's 10 days or so to uh, between that point in time and having the funds in hand, that's the period of time when you should really be getting squared away what your plan will be for that eight weeks. Um, it's the reason why we've scrambled to put together the forgiveness memo, and I think why we're seeing so many of these um, of these questions now. Um, I'll pass it back to Congresswoman Gabbard uh, for closing thoughts on uh, anything you'd, you'd like uh, the business community to be aware of or keep in mind um, going forward. Uh, great, thank you, Darren. You know, it, it, the main thing uh, for me and for my team is uh, we are your advocates in Washington. Uh, we are getting messages to congressional leadership, um, sharing the real-time feedback, challenges, um, obstacles that our, sm our small business owners uh, here in Hawaii are facing. Uh, so it's, it's been so helpful to have direct uh, opportunities like this to be able to, to hear from you directly through our telephone town halls, through Jane Sawyer, through local uh, bank uh, leaders. Um, so I just would encourage um, you to share, share your feedback with us. Uh, I'll just give you our office phone number right now is 808-541-1986. That's 541-1986. Uh, like I said, we're teleworking, checking messages multiple times a day. We want to hear from you. We want to be able to provide assistance to you directly if we can. But if there's a legislative fix, uh, your entire Hawaii delegation, we are all working together hand in hand to be able to get uh, those fixes included into um, the next iterations of uh, stimulus aid that we can expect. I mentioned earlier the $250 billion package that the Senate is working on right now. That's something that we expect to happen more likely in the coming days rather than in the coming weeks. But uh, both the House and Senate are scheduled to go back into session May 4th pending advice from healthcare leaders and the situation in the country at that time, uh, DC and kind of the, the DC, Baltimore, the Maryland area, unfortunately they are projected to be a hot spot here in the coming days. Uh, hopefully it clears up by then, but um, assuming that May 4th uh, timeline is met, uh, we're already working on writing this fourth uh, aid package that will be a larger aid package again, more directly addressing the need for assistance to be injected directly into our communities uh, with a great focus on, on our small business owners. So I just want you to know we're fighting for you. Please keep in touch. Look forward to being able to continue to participate in forums like this. And thank you all um, for providing this platform uh, for all of us to be able to stand together in this. Aloha. Great. Thank you, Congresswoman Gabbard. Um, we appreciate your resources. Uh, we'll just reiterate um, the resources that we have posted, uh, the Google Drive with our memos, and also um, at least for the next uh, half an hour, feel free to send questions if they have not been answered here. Uh, feel free to send them to questions at braingainhi.com. Uh, and uh, 
to all of you out there. Thank you. And we uh, expect to continue to do these webinars and try to get the information out to you. Uh, we're a small team. We're doing the best we can. Um, so thank you for your support. And uh, thank you, everyone on the panel today for, uh, for joining us. Take care.